being 18, I'd rather go out on holidays or go spend it on alcohol or, you know, go party than spend $3,000 on the ticket to, to go see Anthony Roberts. So we create the product, we enhance a product, but we could be asleep and then overnight we could sell a thousand products because it's online. As things started getting hard and I go, oh, well, I'm not doing this anymore, it's too hard. But mm. with a, 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 a passionate project, you stay in there for the long haul. You beat your head against the wall enough, the wall's going to crack. But if you're only going to hit it you know, a few times, it's, it's not going to do anything. It takes a lot on the family, but you just have the mindset of what it's going to provide to them in the future. And that's what keeps me driving. It is scary, but I guess it's the same as anything. Everything's scary when you first do something. And then when you get used to it, it, it becomes second nature. You're going to have a lot more problems down the track than what it is from the business. You're going to have business problems. You're going to have marital or, or partner problems. So just be honest with them. That's, you know, that's one of the, the big things. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I'm super stoked because today I'm traveling all the way to Sydney, Australia, and I love Sydney. I actually became a world medalist in the Olympic Village 2012. You know, I went to Bondi Beach. I had those blonde beers. You know, life was really, really awesome for me in Sydney. So, uh, I have great memories, so I'm always glad to, to go there. And today, obviously, I go there virtually, uh, but it almost feels like I'm there. So without further ado, I just want to talk a little bit about the show. So what we're trying to do here for people that are new to the show, we are trying to redefine success and how do I do that? I meet with people like today's guests and a whole bunch of other people, and they share open-heartedly. This is a show if you're interested in really growing, if you have big goals, big dreams, or if you want some type of change. So welcome to the journey. Welcome to the I Love Success podcast. If you're listening to us for a while, uh, please reach out to me. I want to hear from you. I want to learn and see what, what, what do we do well? What are you struggling with? What are your dreams right now? So reach out to us, you know, check us out uh, at, on Instagram. It's my name at Peter Jumrukovsky, super easy to spell. Uh, Google might help you a little bit or just email me at info at ilsuccess.com. Without further ado, let me present this week's guest. His name is Danny May, and he's the founder of Lingmo. That's a digital AI-powered translation software, uh, and I'm super excited to talk about that because I grew up in, a, in Sweden uh, to immigrant parents. Now I'm here in the U.S., so languages has always fascinated me, so super excited to speak with Danny and his idea to develop a real-time language translation solution actually came out of a language barrier. And it was basically an embarrassing situation in China when his password was stolen. He had no way of communication with the local people. So, you know, that's sometimes what happens, right? You, you lose a passport, you don't know how to communicate, and all of a sudden you create a company. Uh, companies are solutions to problems and um, that's why you know it's so cool to meet people like Danny so without further ado welcome to the I love success podcast Danny May thanks for having me thanks Peter yeah so can we just talk about that what happened in China so what happened was um, I take a few steps back my background isn't in tech so I was a licensed I'm a licensed plumber so I was did I was a tradie and I was in uh, in China to find some solar products for the for the hot water industry here in Australia. And as you said, my my passport was stolen. For, first time in China, four hours after landing in Shanghai, it was stolen. Um, so I went up to a police officer and um, he didn't speak a word of English. And so I downloaded a um, an app, which is a competitor now um, at the time, and um, just said simply, hello, how are you into it? Just to try and break the ice with it, uh, with the police officer. And it come out and translated, hello, I love you. So it didn't, it didn't, needless to say, it didn't go down too well. Um, but, you know, from that, that's where the idea come from for, for Lingmo. Um, I just, you know, just sat back and thought how many other people 
we're in, put in a similar position anywhere, you know, in multiple places around the world, you know, at any one time. So, you know, that's where the idea come from and, um, you know, kind of put a lot of um, heart and soul into creating the product because I was a plumber and moving to the tech side um, took a lot of uh, willpower to, to make that conversion. And, um, you know, today we've got a, we've got a pretty good product to, to speak of. Awesome. And can we just go back, like, uh, when you were a kid, like, what was your dream? Uh, was it to become a plumber? Or, like, how did you end up being a plumber in the first place? Um, it wasn't, you know, my dream wasn't to, to become a plumber. I didn't, you know, clearing block toilets and stuff wasn't really, you know, when I was a, you know, I think I had the usual dreams of, you know, policemen, firemen and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, where it come from, from being a plumber was, um, you know, my, my mum wanted me to, to get a, a, a back, you know, a, you know, a trade um, background. So I'll have something to fall back on and, you know, really went through a lot of the trades and, and plumbing sort of stuck out with me in relation to um, jobs moving forward. You know, um, it, it's always going to be uh, a necessity, you know, to, you know, clear toilets, fix leaking taps and so on. So that's kind of where the, the mindset of becoming a plumber started from. Awesome. And, and how long, long were you a plumber for? Um, including like all my apprenticeship and, and everything it was about 16, 17 years. Oh, so for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only finished plumbing um, about four years ago, really. I was doing Lingmo and plumbing um, simultaneously. So Lingmo overnight, plumbing during the day, um, but really made the pivot to all the, the shift to full-time Lingmo about four, four and a half years ago. Cool. And as far as plumbing, did you have your own business? Did you work for another company or like, how, how was that? Um, I had I, a bit of both. Um, so I had um, two businesses. So I, I, I moved from Sydney down to Tasmania. So anyone that knows, um, knows Australia, Tasmania is right down south and it's, um, it's bloody cold, like really cold. <laughs> so, um, so I started down there and then, you know, I had to go through the mindset We've been in Tasmania, um, we were called mainlanders coming from the mainland and, and you sort of, um, you know, segregated because of, of that um, and it took probably two, I was there for just under two years, two years to get the business up and going and then um, I decided to come back and move up to, to Sydney. So I sold that business down there, um, moved back to Sydney and, and started working for um, some plumbing, um, plumbing companies here. So I've had a bit of both. And and plumbing is actually it it's a pretty good uh, you make a pretty decent amount of money right yeah you do um you know it's a lot of a lot of stuff that goes into it so you, to to get your plumbing license here in Australia you have seven years of um of you know ex you know not college but you know uh, you know um, extra learning and, and on the job um, experience so um, there's quite a bit that goes into it and there's quite a bit of um, uh, variety so one minute you could be doing block drains you could be doing a leaking tap the next you could be doing gas you could be doing roofs there's a lot of things that go into it so it is you know working for someone um you know you get okay money when you own your own business that's where you get the good money but then it's the same as owning your own business no matter whether it's the tech it's the um, plumbing or, or any industry the issue was always getting paid by the customer you know, that was always where the issue was. You could get good money, but getting the money from the customer was where the difficulty was. Yeah, that, that's so funny. Isn't it always, right? <laughs> it's always, no matter what industry, no matter where you work or what business you have, it's always the same. Yeah, interesting. And like, I think this is, this is going to be cool to talk about because, you know, traditionally a lot of people in, you know, regular, regular, so to speak, trade businesses are not seen as entrepreneurs. And uh, a lot of times, you know, making that move to something completely different, it's a, it might be a big step, especially looking from the outside. So I think this could be very helpful for a lot of people out there now, you know, listening and seeing this. And can you just talk about, you went to China, you got this idea, but what the fuck happens after you have an idea, you go on a trip, you lose your passport, and then, you know, you don't have any experience in this, but you want to, you want to create, you know, this, this brand and this company, like what's the next steps and how, like, why did you even get started? Because I, I've been to vacation many times and I was like, yeah, this is a necessity. And then you go home and three days later, you know, you forget about it. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think the big thing that was um, that that made me into sort of more the entrepreneur, uh, plumbing entrepreneur, was um, when I was, you know, when I was working for um, a plumber. He was my first mentor. Um, he was heavily invested into Anthony Robbins, so he wanted me to go and do his courses and stuff like that. It took him probably about two years to get me to one, but I got to one, and that's where I really learned the entrepreneurial skill. Um, and that really helped me in the pivot to moving from plumbing to, to tech entrepreneur and, and thinking different because, as you said, you know, I speak to plumbers now that I still know, and they just go, how the hell did you do that? Um, like, why, what made you, you know, what was the inspiration? We wish we could do that. And, and that, that one course that I did, it was like a three-day course in Sydney um, with Anthony Roberts, like, you know, it was a mass one. There was 30,000 people there. Um, but there was one thing unleash, that really... Unleash the power within or... That's it. That's it. Where you do the fire walk on the, across the hot coals and, and, um, and everything. So we, that, was the, that was the one that I went to. And from that, you know, he, he had a story of where he was on a chairlift with, um, with a business associate and, you know, they were talking and at the top of the chairlift, his business associate said to him, I just made $500,000 going up this chairlift. How much did you make? And he goes, well, I made nothing because I'm sitting here. And that's where really, I really started thinking with plumbing, you know, as you, as we said back about before, you can make good money, but you physically have to be on site or do the work or have people doing the work for you. Um, whereas, you know, if you want to make money while you sleep and stuff, Plumbing wouldn't let me do that unless you got people working for you, and and then still you would have to go out and do jobs of a night and stuff. So you had to physically be there. So that was really where the entrepreneurial side come into it. Um, I dabbled in a, a few um, internet ventures and stuff during that that period, um, which which they failed because I was more thinking about the money, not about the product. Um, and then what really changed with the with Lingmo is. You know, that, that was that problem. And I was the same with you. You know, I was always going, you know, with the entrepreneur, I walk through a shopping center and you can see differences and you go, well, I could do that. You could you could bring that in from China and sell it for the same. You know, you can you see a lot of things. Um, but what made this was it was it was the problem, firsthand problem that I had there um, in China and the sinking feeling in my heart where, Jesus Christ, I can't speak to this guy. What if I can't speak to someone? How am I going to get out of this bloody country? I just couldn't do it. So... That's what really drove me into, um, you know, moving into the the tech space in you know a bigger way. But it was a lot of hard work. Like, um, you know, I went to see about forty. You know, did a business plan, found out where this comp the big companies were doing wrong in the language translation industry, and that was what I found out. And it took probably someone from outside the tech industry to really hone in and just work out, think outside the box to to find out what what the solution was. And I found that they were doing the translation perfect. They were translating the perfect. The speech recognition, that's where they were lacking. So if the speech input comes in wrong, the translation, it snowballs. So you get a bad translation at the end. So I really focus on the speech recognition side. Then I went and seen, I think mean, it was 40 or so invest, angel investors, and they all said no because um, I had no tech industry knowledge and, um, and I was going up against the big players at the time. So convinced the wife we sold the house and, put it into making the products at MVP and then brought partners on um, to help me commercialize the product and, and so on and grow the business from there. But anyone, this is in for, for your listeners, anyone can go off and start something. It's just taking that leap of faith that you, you know, you follow through, you know, you're going to get, so I got knocked down so many times in the early days because I didn't have any tech knowledge. So I actually self-taught myself what I need to know in that industry you said a lot of great things here. And I, first of all, I, I just want to talk about like, so the first time your your boss told you about Tony Robbins, can you just be honest? Like, what did you think the first time and what made you actually go to an event two years later? The, to be honest, what made me think of it the first time was I was 18 years old and gone, there is no way in frigging hell I'm spending three grand to go to a conference like that. No, no, no way. Um, and... Then he just kept pushing me over because Tony Anthony Robbins kept coming year after year to Sydney. And then he finally just gave in and goes, I'll pay for you to go because he could see the value that it would add. And then that's when I went. And I realized once I went, the value I got. But being 18, I'd rather go out on holidays or go spend it on alcohol or you know go party than spend $3,000 on the ticket to, to go see Anthony Robbins. 
And and how like after an event like that, like what what was going on in your mind? Can you just talk about that pre and after? Like what changed you to start thinking differently? Um, before it, I thought as everyone else did, plumbing plumbers make a lot of money. I could make you know I could become quite successful and wealthy within the plumbing industry, um, you know, because there's so many different things. Um, but then once I went to to Anthony Robbins, it, what pivoted was what he said about you need to, I would need to be in plumbing making that money for a long time and if I'm away on holidays if I have people working for me um, obviously I still make money but not to the extent because obviously workers generally when you go away the boss goes away it sort of laps, laps up a bit so that's what really stuck in my head was if I really want to be able to support my family and and support everything moving forward that I needed to start working on, still doing plumbing, but working on products um, or a business where I'm not necessarily needed um, all the time. So we create the product, we enhance a product, but we could be asleep and then overnight we could sell a thousand products because it's online. That's where the, the real shift changes from Arthur Anthony Robbins was I physically needed to be what I did to make money, to, to be successful and make a lot of money. You realize that you could take yourself out of the equation, right? Uh, and like, yeah. how the heck did you convince your wife to sell the house and invest invest in the business? Oh, it was a yeah, that was that was a hard conversation to be honest. <laughs> it was um, yeah, you know, up, to, you just lead up that day. Like what? Like how do you game plan to have that conversation with your wife? Um. We'll say we had a, I had a few beverages, I think. We'll, we'll say the, gut, the Dutch courage and, and a, a few few alcohol. Um, but, you know, it's it's the same as when you, I guess, when you go to investors, this is, you know, she's going to come back to this, but, um, you know, I guess when you go to investors, if you have all the the pros and cons about it, um, and I guess she, can't, she has the same mentality as me of, um, you know, we want to be able to provide for our family and, and you know, she she's a, she was a hairdresser, um, so yeah. she had to physically be. She got kind of what I was saying. She had to physically be there cutting people's hair to make money, um, you know. So I guess it was just you know when I say presents, you know, it's it's just go through everything, the pros, the cons. Um, but I guess one of the big things was to stay in doing plumbing, so I still get the revenue or the income to support the family. Um, while I did this, so it'd be more, it was more sell the house and put the, the money into, into the company, I will just start the product, but not really rely on that company to bring money back straight away. It's me continue plumbing. So me kind of working two jobs and we had, um, we had, we got three boys and all three of them, we had three sons under seven at that time. So, you know, it was kind of explained that I would be, you know, do my plumbing, come back, spend a couple of hours with the kids and then do my the plumbing, uh, the the lingmo work for the next four or five hours after that, and you know the kind of days that I really had off was Saturday afternoons and Sundays. Um, so it was it was more about selling the house, putting it in, but showing that I committed the work, not just putting the money in and going, okay, well here we go, let's wait back and sit. It's about showing the commitment to do it, and yeah. and she had the same vision as as what I did. And you know, there's there's been days, you know, straight out where you sit there when I was doing plumbing, and um, I said, I just want to quit. You know, I just just can't keep doing this. You know, working thing, and then and then she said, no, no, we put the money in. You can continue doing this, and then it was vice versa. There was days where she said, look, you got to stop doing this because you, you're burning yourself out. And I said, no, no, we're getting there. So it was sort of worked off each other. So that's what really worked well. And having someone that trusted me to 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 make it the success it is. Yeah, I mean the you you put some skin in the game, right? But I I think. This is a good lesson from a lot of people listening out there because everybody, not everybody, but most people are like, hey, I want a successful business. I want to have an online business. But then like, it's, it's a good lesson to learn. Maybe you'll have to stick with your job for a while, sell your house and work for a couple of years in order to see the results and like not so many people are willing to do that like why do you think you and your wife were what was willing were willing to do that it's the end vision to, to provide for our kids um i think it was the same thing that i said before um that i learned from anthony robbins was we and i guess it was a little bit easier because she was a hairdresser and she had to physically be cutting people's hair as well 
you know, she couldn't be doing that for the rest of her life. Me being doing plumbing, you know, it's very physically um, intensive and stuff like that. So there was a certain point where you get, you know, we want to be able to provide for our family for a long time. And, and you know, physically being there was, was what kind of, kind of the mindset where, okay, let's give this a go. And, um, and it, it is a lot of hard work. It's like, you know, we're only just starting to see the fruits now. Um, you know, we signed a, or we partnered up with Zoom um, last week, actually. So for, for the, the chat system. So we have our software embedded into, into Zoom for when you, you do chats, like their Slack channel chats, um, like Zoom has their own version. You can translate in any language. So we're just starting to see it come through now because we've had a few pivots and that's six years, you know, like anyone that sits there and, and wants to be an entrepreneur and says and sees, it's like the iceberg effect. You know, you see people successful and they go, geez, yes, I didn't know about them, but now I see them and that's where they are. They don't see all the crap that goes underneath it. And that's, and to be honest, and it's not just me, it's my partners and, and you know, business partners and, and all our employees as well have seen us go through it and, it's been six years that we've gone through this. So it takes time. That's what people just got to be persevere. And you, you, again, you hear everyone say this, but I guess you got to be passionate about it because if I wasn't passionate about it and say, I just, you know, I'll, I'll go back a step. I, we, we had a company or we, I created an app that was um, a photo sharing app that you could write images and, and any text and form um, format that you wanted. I started that because Instagram got sold to, um, to Facebook for a billion dollars. I started up because I seen that's where the money was. And I, I, as things started getting hard and I go, oh, well, I'm not doing this anymore. It's too hard. But with a, 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 a passionate project, you stay in there for the long haul. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And you see the value because you actually needed that service, you know. And can you just talk about like, what, can you share with us, has there been any moments where you're like, hey, we're losing money. I can't do this anymore. I, I don't, I think I'm going to quit. Like, has there been any moments like that? hundred percent. You know, if anyone says no, they're lying. And this is my book. This is me saying, um, yeah, you know, you got to have the right people. That's why you say they have the right people around you to keep motivating you. Um, there's been heaps of times where I've just said, no, it's, it's just getting too hard. And then, you know, um, you know, especially because we pivoted from consumer products to enterprise. And that was a big pivot for us. It took us 18 months with no revenue. We've only just started coming out of that now. And that's where the, the Zoom, um, uh, our products available on Zoom and stuff now. So during that 18 months, you get no revenue. You get a lot of people coming at you going, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And a lot of pressure. And you sit there and go, why am I doing this? You know, like, yeah. and then you get people, you know, sometimes it's my wife, you sit there and not physically, but, you know, slaps you and goes, wake up to yourself or, it's, um, you know, my business partner, Darren, you know, he's done it heaps of times, slap up, wake up to yourself. And then, you know, it's vice versa. Like when they're down, I go, no, no, we're getting there, you know, and it's just having the right people around you to, to keep motivated through those downtimes because being an entrepreneur, starting a business, especially starting a business um, or doing a business that you're not, when I say not qualified for, you've, you've pivoted to, so from plumbing, so from one industry to the next, you have a lot of haters. You have a lot of down, a lot more downtimes than up. So each, and I've only just recently, you know, really started learning this or doing this is each up, you got to celebrate, whether it's a small thing, you know, you, you, you celebrate those small ones because if you don't celebrate those small ones, you're just going to, that's where you're going to start wanting to quit because you go, Jesus, this is two years and I've haven't had any ups or, you know, there's all been downs. So I just keep getting, you know, hit my head against that wall. And, you know, we, we say, it, you know, say it, I mean, yesterday, you know, you beat your head against the wall enough, the wall's going to crack. But if you're only going to hit it, you know, a few times, it's it's not going to do anything. So, it's perseverance, and there is a lot of downtimes, a lot of downtimes. But you get through that, and then you celebrate all the small wins, and that's where you start. You know, you get motivation. Yeah, I love that. Uh, how how do you deal with like uh, building a business, having a wife, having having three kids? You know, how how do you deal with all that? You know. Uh, being a good father and also building a business and and you know having that type of balance when you work so much it's hard um especially in the early days it was really hard um to be honest i was there but i wasn't there if that makes sense um you know my wife was like work like a single mom to be honest um so it's having a partner that's really strong um that's that's in it with the journey for you so that's where 
you know, if someone's starting something, you can sit, sit down your partner because, you know, straight up, I think, you know, if I didn't have one, my wife wasn't as strong as, you know, that's where divorces happen and stuff like that. So, and then that's where you have, you know, that, that you go down that track, then the business you know, never succeeds. So that's where, you know, if, you, if you're starting a business, you've got a wife, kids, husband, kids, whatever it may be, um, sit down and you've just got to be straight up with them. There's going to, you know, these are the downs. These, let's work off the, you know, let's prepare for the worst and plan up, prepare for the worst, um, or was it plan for the worst, prepare for the best or whatever it is. So yeah. um, it's, if you do that, you, you know, it's having a strong person behind you. And, you, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's this isn't a, a, not a sexist thing or anything like that, but you, I hear it a lot, you know, where you have um, these successful, um, you know, like Bill Gates and people like that, they say they're success because of the, the women behind them, you know, yeah. the, the people that are backing them. And it's the same, you know, you see the, the women that they're successful. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the men behind them, you know, looking after the kids. So yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. And, um, you know, we've been going through it for so long, but I guess we see it was, you know, cause our kids were young at the time, you know, um, they didn't go to school and stuff like that. I think it would have been, if I was a starter when they were older, it would have been a little bit more difficult because there would have been a lot more sacrifices they would have had to give, um, you know, for, for, you know, like up until what November last year, I had my eldest son and my youngest son sleep in the same bed, you know, 12, they were, well, now they're one's just turned 13, one's just turned nine. So they were in the same, same bed. So for like literally four or five years. So, you know, it's, it takes a lot on the family, but, you just have the mindset of what it's going to provide to them in the future. And that's what keeps me driving. Is it worth it? Yeah, it, it, it is. It's all worth it. Um, it's, it's just hard trying to, you know, with the kids saying, can we have this? Can we have that? And you go, no, we can't. Cause we, you know, we've got the business and stuff like that. And they see their friends getting it. I think that's where it's, um, that's the hardest, but you know, the way that, you know, what is it? You, you live, um, you live a life like no one wants to for a few years, so you can live a life that no one can for the rest of your life. That's sort of the the mentality that, I, that I've been going on. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I was a, a world medalist in karate. It took over 20 years of hard work, and there's so many times, you know, injuries, you lose, you know, you feel ridiculed, and you like you, you're down on your luck, but somewhere you find that grit, the courage to move on a little bit and a little bit. And then at the end of the day, you know, if you keep going and learning from your mistakes, I think it's very hard not to succeed for the people that are actually doing the work and having the patience. I think that's the problem we're seeing in the world. Uh, a lot of people are not doing the work or, the, or they're doing the wrong work and they finish or they stop too, too soon, yeah. you know? Um, I want to talk about this again, you being a plumber going into a new business. Did people ever, you know, considered you, you know, stupid just because you're going into another business? Because I, I see this, you know, there's so much going on in the world now. People are looking differently. They're from different countries. There are language barriers. And I know in, in, in Sweden, a lot of immigrants, you know, that w weren't speaking the language fluently, some people treated them like they were stupid. But it was just a language barrier. So I'm curious, like, how did you did that happen for you, and how how did you deal with that? Hundred percent. I, I got I got yeah, slammed. Um, you, you know, people thinking that I was doing doing this as a get rich quick scheme and stuff like that. Um, you know, you know nothing. You know, there was I, I'll never forget. I was when I was doing plumbing. Um, I went to clear a block drain at, at a customer's house and. I always talk to customers and stuff to, to learn what they do just to feed off them. Do you know what I mean? And I also, when I was building the product, you know, told them what I was doing. A lot of, there was a lot of good um, criticism. When I say that, like you should be doing this, should do that, you know, and, uh, constructive criticism. But there was this one gentleman that um, just ridiculed me to the, to the hill, to the point where I just told him, I walked out of his house and told him to clear his own block drain because it just got to the point where he actually just said, you need to stay in your lane and leave the tech to people like me because he was in the tech industry. And um, what, what he meant by that was me stay in plumbing and leave this tech business to the tech people. And then I kind of said to him, well, you know what, mate? Um, I, I hear what you're saying, you know, respectfully, but if someone in the tech industry could do it, then it would be done already. You know, it's, 
it's thinking inside your box. You know, if you think inside your box, you know, you're going to get outside your box. Um, so I, I come from outside the box moving in and found the, the issues and it come really apparent, um, you know, then we kind of did it over two or three years and, you know, there was, it was sort of water, water off ducks back and I'm sitting there going, yeah, whatever, you know, if you, if you can't, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you can't handle criticism, you can't handle rejection, you can't handle the word no, there's no point in being an entrepreneur straight out because that's what you get in the first couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, once we launched our, um, our earpiece, we, we become viral. Um, you know, I was in 37 of the top 40 business magazines, like online magazines around the world. And from that, that's where I really worked out and found how evil some people can be and troll. You know, just they just troll you, you know, to the point where some people said, you know, le again, leave the tech to us, go kill yourself and, you know, like death threats and all that. And you sit there now. So right now I don't... Um, I tend not to read if there's an article about me, I don't read it because of the comments and stuff. I, I'd, I'd rather just not read it and go along my merry way and still focus on what I do. Cause I'm the type of person, if I start reading those negative comments, I focus on that and I get really angry, um, which makes it no good. I want for my health, my family, um, you know, they see me, you know, cracking the, cracking the shits all the time, but it doesn't do the business any good either. Cause I, I focus on the wrong areas. So yeah, you know, and I guess that's if someone, it doesn't have to be from plumbing, if you're from, and it can be vice versa, someone from the tech industry going to a tradie or whatever it is, whatever you go to, anyone can do anything. Nothing's impossible. It's just, you got to be, you got to be willing to take the hits. That, that's, that's where it's at because you're going to cop it. I mean, I, I had Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory on last week and he, he says it so well, unless it violates the law of physics, it is possible. Yep. And I mean, I agree with that. If you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to, you know, take all that criticism, can we just talk like how, like when you were walking out of that house and that douchebag or whatever you want to call him, it told you all these things, like how do you deal with, with that? Is that fire for you or does it just feel bad? Or like how, how have you dealt with that? Because I know in my own life, when people have not believed in me, uh, I used to. It used to make me weaker, uh, but now I'm a little bit more confident, and it makes me stronger. So I'm curious, like, what's your like? How how was it for you, and has that changed? You know, over the years, um, it's it's it has made me stronger. Um, it's I think with me, it's it did hurt the start. Again, you know, everything hurts when you first start out. Um, but then when you start copping it and copping it, you, you get used to it. And I think for now, what, what it is with me is I want to prove them wrong. You know, I want, I want to, you know, cause you know, we, we, you know, we've done zoom and we, 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 we're going to the next levels. I want that guy to actually read about me in the paper or look at me on the news and go, shit, I shouldn't have said that to that guy or, you know, I was wrong. I want to prove people wrong. That's, that's where I'm at now. And, you know, it's the same with, um, you know, if we have, um, you know, people that's, that, that want to, you know, invest in us or, or whatever. So in the early days, we had, you know, quite a few investors say, no, look, you know, there's 40, okay, I'll give you a classic example. There's 40 angel investors that said, no, you don't have the tech industry knowledge. No, we're not going to invest in you. Okay, you take it on the chin, but now I'm prove, I want to prove them wrong to show what they're actually missing out on. That's, it actually drives me to the next level. So if... It's like if someone says to a kid, you can't jump off that bridge. You know, it's, you know, physically you can't do it. What's a kid going to do? Well, I'm going to jump off that bridge and prove you wrong. It's, it's simply, it's just the mentality. And that's where I'm, I'm at now is you say I can't do something, as we just said before, nothing's impossible. You know, it sometimes takes a lot of time. Sometimes it takes a lot of money. Um, but you will get there in the end. And I'll be there to, someone criticize me, pop it on the chin, just accept it and say, no problems. Then when you prove them wrong, you make sure that you have their phone number or their email address and just send them an email just saying, look, I'm just, just, just giving you an update. This is where we're at now. Um, you know, happy, happy to have a call to show you how, how I changed, like what I did to, to, to succeed in this and, and, you know, not be, not be an asshole, but just be humble about it. It's about being humble and, and showing them because again, a lot of people say you can't do something because they feel that they can't do it. It's more just a fear thing. Um, and, and sometimes it's because they don't know. So, if if you're being asked, I can go back to them and go, yeah, look what I've done, you know, and just be complete, 
um, douchebag about it yourself, then just, it's just going to, it, it makes you arrogant and, and egotistical. So if you go back and say, look, this is what I've done. Look, if you want to learn, know how I did this so you can learn, happy to talk to you about it. Yeah, I love that. And uh, I had Ryan Serhant on the show from Million Dollar Listing um, a couple of years ago, and he actually has a folder on his computer with all, you know, hate emails, trolls, all of that. And that just that's just there to give him power. You know, sometimes he'll go in and read it. And I think that's actually a pretty, pretty cool idea because I think, you know, in order to achieve success, even Aristotle said it, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, basically. So it's just part of the territory, right? I know as an athlete, when I lost, you know, I saw, I, I had my real friends, my real teammates, and I had people that were not my real friends, but they were just there when I was winning. But after I lost, they came, oh, I feel so bad, but I could see that they were happy in a way. Yeah. But that that just made me stronger in a way. It Of course, it hurt and it sucked. And I was so pissed at myself that I gave them that opportunity to, you know, be happy because I lost. But it also made me train harder and become better. And uh, I guess that's, you know, in, in, if it works for improvement, it's, it's good, right? Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Everything hurts. Like, so if anyone says, oh, you know, nothing hurts, uh, you take those hurts and you, you, you take the challenge. And, and that's where, you, again, you, you prove that you prove these, these haters wrong. Because one thing that I found when you start, you know, where, we're getting to the you know successful sort of thing, and it's about more about people love about the journey about going from plumbing to tech. As you go through it, you have a lot of people hating you, um, a lot of criticism, and you you just yeah you just take it, you take the hurt, and then you just you focus that energy in, in the right areas. Because in the early days, you know, I'm not going to lie, I did focus the energy in the wrong areas of you know doubting myself, hating myself, and and all that type of stuff. Um, and it just did no good to, it does no good to your mental health, does no good to your physical health, no good to your family and stuff like that. So if you channeled that, that anger in the right way, then that's where you start seeing the, the, those little successes. And that's where you celebrate those little successes to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think you have to go through that to learn, right? I mean, nobody's born just, you know, like mentally strong. Like some people maybe have it a little bit innate than others but how do you get stronger by exposing yourself to all these challenges and you know dealing with shit the way you weren't supposed to and, and realizing that this might not have been the best way of dealing with it um, and i'm glad you learned and improved uh, unfortunately some people don't learn and improve until they have hit rock bottom or you know have a big divorce or lose everything so i'm glad you were able to adapt and overcome and that's basically what this show is about you know to to show that anybody can do anything if you want and if you're willing to you know learn from people learn from yourself and evolve and one thing that i i, I want to talk about when did, when did you quit plumbing about four four and a half years ago so not a long ago in, in the time essence of time yeah yeah but do you remember the last day as a plumber yeah yeah i do can you just so, talk yeah. about that so the last day as a plumber, you know, I, I did the the, the age, you know, usual day. Had a because I was I was working for someone. Then they actually they knew it was my last day, so they gave me all the crappy jobs, literally all the crappy <laughs> jobs, because they knew it was my last day. How nice! But I know, I know. What what, what else do you expect? Um, you know, it was once I, you know, because I had the car, they dropped me home. You know, I've got to be honest. The pivot from full time plumber to full time you know, CEO and check entrepreneur was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was, you know, I right to this day, I still get up at 4.30 in the morning, um, go to the gym just because it's, you know, I've done it for so many years. So I, I just get up and go to the gym to, to keep up, you know, to I get all my exercise out done in, in the morning because if I left it to the night, I wouldn't do anything. So I get up at nice and early and do it still you know, in the trading hours. But it actually took me probably two months to really get into the swing of it. And what kind of, snapped it into line was we had a family holiday booked to thailand and we went so we went to thailand and but that was probably about two weeks before i finished plumbing to when we went to thailand that two weeks i was lost 
you know, I knew what I had to do, um, but I was used to doing everything overnight, not during a during doing it during the day. And I was lost. So it took that kind of that holiday, that break for 10 days to, to really snap me out of it and go, you're not a plumber anymore. This is what you do. And then when I come back, started executing stuff, everything during the day, you know, instead of overnight. So it was hard during that transition. Um, but it's, you know, again, it's, you know, I still feel like I've got to be doing stuff with my hands and, and stuff like yeah. that. But it is, it is, a, it is a, a, a tough transition. If I was in the tech industry and I moved from one, you know, from my job to doing this, it probably wouldn't have been so hard. But moving from one industry to the next full time, that's where it was it was difficult. But you know, overcome it and and seen the challenges. And and again, that was the people around me that um that helped me overcome that. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious, like how how did you, like when did you guys get the first traction and why was it? I know you talked about it was the voice recognition and but how 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 did you get the first traction you know a good client and now like getting a deal with with zoom for example um so the first traction really took you know we had our apps and consumer apps um available in the marketplace so we had that probably for about six months and you know we were starting to get good traction with that um but we're going up against the big players um which could give it away for free so when we had our first real big um you know the big traction was when we designed and developed this earpiece that we launched at United Nations. So we did a big uh, press release with IBM, so a joint press release. And I'd never forget, so we had a heading. So the, 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 the press release didn't change in the text, the heading just changed. So the first heading was Australian startup um, takes on big plays in language translation industry. Didn't get picked up by any journalists or anyone like that. So they called me up and I was literally on my way to Geneva. I was at the airport, never forget it. And she called me up and said, look, we want to change the heading. I said, okay, what do you want to change to? She said, Australian plumber invents smart, world first or smart translation e-piece. I said, okay. I said, then people are going to actually know I'm a plumber. She goes, yeah. I said, okay, all right, well, let's, let's give it a go. By the time I landed in Geneva, it went ballistic. Like it went viral. Um, you know, I did one interview with Business Insider. Then it was picked up by Forbes, Wired, um, uh, you know, all the tech, all the big, big, um, industry people and that's where again I sent a lot of the haters come towards me but that's where we started seeing a lot of traction and then these bigger companies um, come to us and and said look can you um, we love what you're doing we love your software can you alter it to suit our company and our company needs and we could but the time and the cost to do that was astronomical because it was based on consumers not enterprise so that's where we we started we, we sort of went along a merry way. Then we had a smart, we, we had the earpiece and then we found out, you know, it was a little bit cumbersome for people in, in the street trying to give it to a, a stranger and put it on their ear. Um, so we, we designed a smartwatch, which we, which overcome that. Then the bigger companies just kept coming to us and coming to us because it was kind of a niche market where um, the consumer side was taken up, you know, it was saturated by big players, but the enterprise side, it was kind of a niche market. There wasn't too many people building solutions for customer engagement, customer um, experience and stuff like that for communication. So we pivoted, then we made a decision to pivot our software to to be focused on enterprise. And that's where, you know, it took 18 months and that was where the, the you know, a couple of the dark times come. And from that, we have big companies coming to us now like a Zoom and can we integrate this? Yep, no worries, because it's we built it to scale at an enterprise level so they can better serve their customers. Um, and that's where we're starting to see the traction just now because we literally launched our five products two months ago. We only finished them two months ago from the pivot. So, and I guess, you know, with COVID and what's happening now, if we hadn't pivoted then to focus on enterprise, things for us would be a lot different because there's no international travel, which means there's no international, there's no need for translation watches, e-pieces, apps, what, you know, to, to communicate. So it's all gone online where custom, uh, companies need to talk to their customers online to keep the engagement up so that pivot really helped us but that's that the initial brand recognition was from that launch that we did in 2017 love that and i love the fact we were talking about australian plumber you know being i think that is so cool and a lot of times we try to hide things with ourselves because we think it's going to make us weaker but it actually makes us stronger. Like when we're honest 
with who we are, we can really connect with 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 our audience and the people, right? Hundred percent. That's that was one of the things that I was would say ashamed of um, because I was going to a tech industry and I was a plumber. That's that's one of the things that I was uh, you know when I say ashamed of it, I didn't want people thinking of our product and go, bloody plumber has did, done this product, it's going to be crap. I didn't want that. That's what I didn't want. But people seen the product for what it was, and then at the right time, we introduced it to say that I was a plumber, and then that's where people seen the product for what it was, and then they go, bloody hell, look at what, what this plumber's, and he's not just me. It's, it's, again, there's a team behind me that, um, that, are, that are awesome. It's assembling the team that, that created my vision as well. Um, but... You know, they see, look at what these guys have done and look at their background. You know, that means that makes that right there makes anything, nothing's impossible. Yeah. And I'm curious, what's your definition of success, Danny? Um, my, you know, my definition of success is for me, again, it's not a monetary side, but it's, you know, again, one side is to provide for my family. Um, so they're, so they can provide provide for their families and so on. Um, but what does that mean to create generational wealth? Is that what you're looking yeah, for? Yeah, so that's one part of it. But the other part is, and I guess this, for me, for this to be success is to, and this is going to be cliche and a lot of people are going to go, yeah, okay. But it's it's our product. When, when I find success in, our, in, in the business that I'm doing now, the business that we're doing now is for our product to be able to help someone that's in need that, that's, that's, can't communicate any other way. Um, you know, that's that's what I find success. And then with that, the monetary and the the um, the wealth generation from that um, will come. So my form of success is it's it's about assisting people in what they do and making their life better. To me, that's success, and then the money will come. Yeah, yeah of course. Before, before I focused the other way around, I focused on the money and hoping that the product would be a success, you know, make, bring people's lives. And that obviously failed in the early days, like in the last products. So I shifted it. And, you know, I guess, you know, I think it was Steve Jobs or someone that said, you know, if when you, when you have a product that can touch someone's heart, it's limitless. And when you're in a foreign country and you can't communicate, your heart sinks. I've been in that position and I know a lot of your listeners would have been in that position where, you know, just to order a coffee. But if you think of someone that your family members hurt in Thailand and you need to tell them that they're allergic to penicillin, but you can't communicate, that is a life or death situation. So for me, success is someone to be able to communicate that so they can save a life, for example. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I thought about is how did you get your passport back? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so. All I wanted to do was with the with the police officer was to ask where the consulate was. And anyone's been to Shanghai and knows it's what, it's, what twenty. It's there's actually more people in Shanghai than what there is in the entire Australia. So <laughs> the guy I was with said, "Look, it could be four hours in the opposite direction." All I wanted was my uh, again get my passport back for the Australian consulate. Finally, found someone that could. Or oh, I finally the police officer seen that. Um, I was trying, so he the shits didn't get too bad. So he, he kind of calmed down a bit and it helped me to the concert. It was 100 metres down the road. So then I went down there, got an emergency passport, an emergency visa, and then I could leave the country. But, um, yeah, and funnily enough, I had to, two weeks later, I was getting married in Hawaii. So we'll get, we're eloping in Hawaii. So I had, to, I had to call my wife and just say, "Where's? can you help me try and find the... Um, the consulate and then I got a gob full from that because we're getting married in Hawaii in two weeks. How are you gonna get your passport to go there? And I'm like, okay, here we go. So um yeah, so I got the emergency passport and got out. Yeah. Life life is amazing, isn't it? It is, it is. You, you, again, it's one of those things you just cop it on the chin and you just move on. Um, you know, it, it, it took a lot to to get to that stage, but you know, it, things are starting to happen. I love that. And you know what what makes you happy, Danny? What makes me happy now is seeing the kids happy. Um, you know, like um, on the weekend we went motorbike riding and they, you know, seeing them riding their motorbikes and, and enjoying and, and being happy and my wife happy. That's that's what makes me happy at the moment. Um, and, and yeah, just people around me, you know, because there was a time in the early days where I was a, I would be say, I was a miserable bastard, you know, because I'm focused on two, you know, plumbing and then business and worried about money and stuff. So I was miserable. So now it's me seeing every, you know my family happy around me is, is what makes me happy. Yeah. 
And if you could give yourself some advice, I, I know you work very hard and you, you said it yourself, you were miser miserable during that time. Like, what is there any other way or do you have to kind of, you know, sh shut down and, and just get shit done? Um, it's kind of shut, shut down and get shit done, to be honest. Um, in, in my mindset, it's not for everyone. <laughs> um, People don't want to listen to that. <laughs> oh, I know. Can, can you just, you know, it's so funny because it, like, this is the truth right? It, it is going to cost you to create something, you know, it, it will cost probably both money, you know, time, energy, uh, maybe unfortunately relationships and all a whole bunch of other things. Uh, but I mean, for me, I, I always go back to like, what is important to me? So even if I work hard, I shut down, I won't remember, I won't forget my, at least my family, my wife, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, when I say shut down, I shut down and, and, and head down, ass up with my work. Yeah. But there's this, the thing is, and I think, you know, because I was miserable and seeing the wife miserable and, and stuff like that around me, it is spent making sure you have downtime, as you just said, for your family. You know, I, I, I was working you know, seven days a week for like a couple of years and stuff and had minimal time for my family. And it started to affect, you know, what really hit home was, my young son, he was six months old at the time. And we went to one of my mate's weddings up in Queensland. And and that was probably the first downtime I had for a while. And it was just my wife and, and I and, and our, our six-month-old, so Jet. And he he started doing something. And I don't know what it was, but I said to the wife, I said, hell, wow, when did he start doing that? And she goes, like three months ago. And that's when reality hit and you go, Jesus Christ. You know, like when I got home, I said, you know, put him to sleep. So I, you know, fed him and help, help do a little stuff for like half an hour. Okay. It's time for him to go to bed, put him to bed so I can go to work. And that's what it was like for the first six months of his life. And then that really just hit home and you sit there and go, nah, okay. There's got to be some time for the family and, and downtime, which I was Saturday afternoons and Sundays. So what I enjoy now is, you know, going to watch my kids play rugby league union and stuff football. Um, yeah. One, cause it gets, doesn't stops me from playing it and get injured. So I'll get to watch them. <laughs> um, but, you know, watching them do do their sports and stuff and, and just sort of having the family time. So, like, on Sundays, um, you know, I turn my phone off now. There's no point in me having it on. Um, and just, you know, go go do something with the kids and, and stuff like that. So, it is the, having the downtime. And if you don't have family or kids and stuff, still having that downtime because you will get burned out. So, you have you know, have Sundays off and just go have a coffee, sit at the beach or go to a park where if you're not near the beach, like, we're near the beach, so... Uh, you know, go go do something that you love for, for one day and you'll see how energized you come back on Monday morning for the work week. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that totally. And you know, the, the truth is some of my best ideas have come, you know, I write a lot and do, do that as well. So it's when I feel good, you know, when I'm on vacation, I get an idea or when I take a walk or when I work out. So it, of course, we need to head down, work hard, but you also take a step back and kind of see what you're doing, right? Yeah. Uh, it's almost like I love Bruce Lee because I'm a martial artist. And he said the best way how I try to see a fight is by going above and watch it. Almost like I'm, I'm watching from above myself fighting because all of a sudden you see everything. For people who have seen UFC, everybody knows exactly what's coming. But once you're in the fight, and you have that opponent in your face, it's not that easy. Uh, so it's good to get some distance, right? 100%. Yeah, you know, we, we, we got rugby league, so I'm into rugby league and stuff here, and it's the same. When you're watching it from the stands, you can see where the gaps are, but when yeah. you're in a field, you can't see it. So I think one other thing that I would suggest people do is, um, you know, some people don't like doing it, some people do, but exercise, um, because that really... So I go, as I said, I, I wake up at half past four every morning and um, I go to the gym or go for a walk. And in that time, I do a lot of thinking and, and with the walk, you sort of, you know, it de-stresses you. And if I've had a bad day, I'll probably go to the gym overnight, just hit the boxing bag to let some tension out. Yeah. Um, it's If I don't go to the gym in the morning, I feel like I've had 30 beers and I'm hungover. Yeah. You know, it just, it's, it's what it, I think it's the endorphins and stuff like that, that really gets you up and, and motivated for the day. So you know, start if and you don't have to be a fitness guru. You don't have to be anything like that. It's just go for a 10, 15 minute walk. Yeah. That's, that's it. 
I have one question to you. So you, you completely turn off your phone on Sundays? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Was that I scary actually, the first time? It is. It is. So what I do is I put it on flight mode and then I kind of set it, put it back out um, on, you know, Sunday night. And I try, if I get emails, I, I categorize them into their folders so I don't see, because my problem is I'm, I'm kind of OCD. If I see, you know, 30 messages on what email or whatever it is, I'll have to look through them all. So, and then read it. And then if something bad comes through, I'll have the shits for that entire day. So that's why I sort of stopped doing that. And it's good going motorbike riding on the weekend. Where we go, there's no phone reception. So I don't need to turn it off. I don't even take my phone out of the car, you know? Um, so it's, it is, it is scary, but I guess it's the same as anything. Everything's scary when you first do something. And then when you get used to it, it, it becomes second nature. Yeah. I think, I mean, we're too connected now. We're so connected that we're disconnected. And I mean, I think that's, you know, something that we we need to do more, be more present, you know, and that's why I love doing this podcast because, you know, for, for an hour or two, I can, I can just be focused and, you know, talk. And this is rare. This is rare. Sometimes even when you're out eating with friends, you know, everybody's on their phone. They have to take the perfect Instagram picture on, you know, the, the hamburger that nobody <laughs> really cares no, about. No you cares know? about yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Like how, when I think about like who like in hundred years all the hamburgers I've seen on Instagram, how is that improving my life? You know, I oh, know apart from making you hungry and you want a hamburger, <laughs> that's that's I think that's the only thing. But um, I gotta be honest, I don't even have Instagram. The only thing I have is Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, yeah. I have Twitter, um, but I don't use it that much. I use mainly LinkedIn for the business side and Facebook just to you know for kids videos on on when they're motorbike riding and stuff like yeah. that. But I don't. Because if I started started getting into Instagram and stuff like that, I'll be the same, you know. Yeah. Okay, there's a, someone takes a picture of their cat, you know, climbing the tree, and you go, okay, all right, the cat's climbing <laughs> the tree. What, what's you know, how's that going to? Yeah, exactly. How's that going to improve my life? You know, if the yeah. cat maybe you know gone up the tree and you know you, someone climbed up to get it, okay, maybe that might be a bit inspirational. You have to climb up and rescue a cat. But apart <laughs> from that, you know, <laughs> what, what what else is it going to do? Yeah. Danny, uh, I'm curious, you know, uh, just have one final question to you. This is something that I ask all my guests. And before I ask you, I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for, you know, showing other people out there that you don't have to stay in your fucking lane. There is no lane. You create your yeah. own lane. And I think that's something that I, I admire about you a lot. And uh, that's what I love to see. I want I want to meet somebody uh, today or tomorrow, just like you, they say like, yeah, I, I'm in construction now, but I want to start a tech company or maybe I'm in a tech company. I want to go to real estate or if you're 30 and you always loved dancing, yeah, go dance. You know, yeah. we are putting all these labels on ourselves and it makes me so angry. Live because people gonna people are going to have opinions no matter what. And it's actually good. Just learn if people have opinions, it means that you're on the right track. It's basically positive feedback. It's positive feedback, even though it might not sound like it. Um, you know, that's the, the way that I see it is the sun's always going to rise tomorrow. You know, like, you know, if you, you have a bad day today, and again, this took a long time for me to realize this. You have a bad day today, tomorrow is a, different, a new day. You know, pop it on the chin, walk, go through the, tomorrow. And you may have a week worth of bad days and you may have a, a month worth of good days. You know, you just take the good days when they come and the bad days, you just deal with them. And and one of the things that I've learned is, especially going from one industry to the next, one, do one thing at a time. If you have a list of a hundred things, don't try and do a hundred things at once because trust me, you will you will burn out and you will you won't get anywhere. You'll be a week down the track and you've got 300 because you've got none done. If you do one of them, you know, you just do, I, I, what I tend to do is I do the hard ones in the morning because I'm more focused and leave the easy ones of an afternoon. Love that. And the final question that I wanted to ask you is for people that, that you know, want to get started on their dream, our big mission is to help at least 10 million people to go after their dreams. So for everybody's listening right now, all of you are so important to me and I really want you to live the best life. So listen carefully now because Danny it's going to drop some truth bombs, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. what's the first thing they can do to kind of get started on, on their dreams? Um, 
take the leap of faith. Don't, again, just do it. Don't, um, don't, when someone, it's like someone going to get a tattoo, for example. You sit there, you design it up, you get to the tattoo shop, you're awesome, you get, you, you're pumped. You wait two days and you go, I'm not going to get that now. If you wait and you think, my, my problem is I don't think. I just go off and do it and then realize the cons, maybe whatever consequences there are, I realize it as I'm going, you know, because if I start thinking, I, I second guess myself and I don't do it. So just believe in yourself. The one thing that I would say is if you have a, a, a wife, a, a husband or whatever, and you're going to do that, talk to them first about it. Because if you just go, fuck it, and, and off you go and you don't talk to them about it, you're going to have a lot more problems down the track than what it is from the business. You're going to have business problems, you're going to have marital or, or partner problems. So just be honest with them. That's, you know, that's one of the, the big things. Love that. And also be you, be yourself. Look at Danny. Like once you guys were totally transparent with who you are, were and also had a great product, right? Now things started happening. So uh, Danny, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. No worries. Thanks for having me, Peter. Thank you. And thank you everybody for watching and listening. If you're still here, that's amazing. I hope you learned something new today. And check us out at ilovesuccess.co. Give us a review. We have more than 200 conversations now with incredible people from all over the world. I, I feel so lucky that I get to meet all these people and you know share their journey with you. I, I download it into my own brain and try to take some things from every person to improve my life. I hope you do the same. Until next time, stay awesome and go after your dreams. Uh, thanks again and see you guys soon. Mm -hmm.